Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Jeanette Byro, author, cosmic channeler, spiritual medium, and motivational speaker who had a near-death experience and reviewed her life blueprint on the other side. Jeanette, thank you so much for being my guest today and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Well, thank you. Jeanette, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences So if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Absolutely. Yeah. So my near-death experience happened uh, about two and a half years ago, and uh, it was during a routine surgery. So my whole experience on the other side occurred within a span of 20 minutes, 20 minutes in which I was under, right? I was put under during my surgery. But my experience as a soul was about 24 hours is what it felt like. And so... There's several things leading up to my NDE that, you know, are part of the whole story, but to focus just specifically on the NDE, I had, I had an indicator that something was going to happen. So I'm a medium, so I communicate with spirits regularly. Um, I go into different realms and meditation. So I just assumed I would have some sort of astral travel or cool meditation or spirit communication. And I don't belittle that by saying it that way, but I say it that way because the profound difference of literally being on the other side was huge. It was huge. So I get wheeled into the OR and I remember as I'm getting closer, I'm getting more and more and more excited. Now I have to say my level of health at that point was very, very poor. I had been hemorrhaging uh, a ton from my menstrual cycle and I would hemorrhage way more than I could possibly make back. So my, my blood volume levels and my iron levels were, they said, you can't get a, a minus number, right? You should be at a minimum of about a hundred ferritin level. And I said to my doctor, when we were at one, I said, what happens when I go minus? And it was like, oh, it doesn't happen. I ended up minus, right? So really limited. And I say that because my physical body was not rah, rah, let's go. But there was something in my energy that was feeling like a kid about to go down on a roller coaster when you're really excited, but I didn't really know what. And so I remember the, I I'm laying there on the hospital bed or the gurney and the doctor says, okay, we're going to get the gas man here to put you under. And I just started giggling and I've had surgery before and I'm not usually excited before it. Right. And so they put me under and I have to then fast forward to the end and then come back because they put me under. Then the next thing is all of a sudden I hear, well, actually I'll just start at the beginning. So they put me under, then I am popped out of my body and I'm walking on the most greenest grass you can 
imagine like we're talking like perfect summer grass and I'm walking bare feet and I can see the grass in detail, even though I'm walking upright. Like if I focus on the grass, I see the grass and the blades and everything in absolute detail. And it feels just fantastic on my feet. And I'm walking on it and I look up and the sky is this most beautiful summer blue ever. And my grandmother is with me who was in spirit. And I knew right away that I was literally on the other side. I wasn't just having some astral travel or a spiritual vision or experience like I do in my mediumship. I was literally on the other side. And it is that detailed as if, I mean, if I was to tell you all about Egypt and I said, hey, here's this the food from Egypt. Here's some videos. Here's the music. Here's this and this and this. If you've never been, we could talk about everything. And we could know a whole bunch about it, just like mediumship. But until you literally plant your feet in Egypt at the temples and you're standing there, it's a whole different story. And that's what it felt like on the other side. And so I'm walking and I come upon this beautiful picnic scene and I can see the tablecloths, the kind of like checkered, red checkered tablecloths, there's food there. And it is this most beautiful family reunion with all the different souls that I have had in this lifetime I've been with in this lifetime and lifetimes before and I knew all of them and I remember giving them these most beautiful hugs these hugs that were just the closest thing on this planet is like when you hug a child like when a toddler runs at you and throws himself into your arms and in that moment you are like so engulfed in this purity of love is kind of the energy of the hugs and the reunions of everybody on the other side from my grandmother, my grandfather to uncles and aunts. And then, like I said, people in past lives. And I remembered sitting on the table at one point talking to someone from a past life. And it was just as simple as, so how has it been for you? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? And it's like with each soul, it was like just picking up where we left off, whether it was still in this lifetime or lifetimes before. And so I spent what felt like hours, hours in this place, reminiscing, laughing, joining different people. Like, again, the idea that do we see our loved ones on the other side? hundred percent do. And it's the best reunions ever. And so after that point, after what felt like hours, like a whole day into the evening, then my grandmother came and got me and took me to this completely different place. And we ended up in this white room with a white big giant white boardroom table and white walls and then there was these windows and that outside the windows was like um galaxies or the edge of creation the edge of the universe the point in which it is being created and my council my personal council which we all have a council is standing around this boardroom table and the guy to my left rolls out this giant blueprint and I, I kind of laughed, I remember, because I was like, this looks like blueprints on earth. Like, this is what you guys have? And But what was different about it is on my blueprint, there was this center line, this kind of um, iridescent white pulsing line, which was my lifeline. And we were looking at a chunk up until the point that of where I was. And so we were sitting there and we reviewed with my council everything I had done in my lifetime up until that point. And we went through it all and there was all these understandings and kind of making peace with it, like a life review 
which I've seen other spirits have, but this one I was doing with my counsel on my blueprint, which I hadn't seen. And then it was that point at that juncture point where I was that they said to me, they're like, Jeanette, do you want to come back? Like, do you want to go back to earth? And I remember I had this feeling inside of like, well, yeah, absolutely I do. But it wasn't a fear. It wasn't like, oh my God, please let me back. I have to get back there. It was just this like joyful soul passion to come back. And I said, but yeah, absolutely. And they said, because you don't have to. You have done up until this point, you fulfilled the things. You've checked the boxes basically of your life up to this point. So you get to choose. So again, they asked, are you sure you want to go back? And I said, yes, absolutely, I do. And so then they told me, well, now that you're coming back with what's remaining of your blueprint of your lifeline, which is about this long, it's like six inches left compared to, I don't know, because the way they were standing in my memory, however long I've lived is blocked, right? So I don't know what this is in reference to these six inches, but what I got to do with that piece is there was different kind of like, I call them juncture points, but they're like fuses. They almost look like fuses in a fuse box, but laid out slightly uh, like not in a line. And they said I could go through those different juncture points and rearrange them if I wanted. And so the very first one that I did, I pulled out was chronic health issues, right? Because I had had chronic health issues kind of through my whole life in varying degrees. I mean, some people have it way worse than what I did. But I was kind of known as like the canary in the mine shaft of my family. If someone's going to get it, she's not going to get it. She'll be the first one to go down. She'll be the one that gets the flu. She'll be the one that gets this, this. There was always, I was kind of known to be the sickly one. And so I remember looking at them kind of like, you sure I can pull this out? And they said, yes. And so I remember pulling it out and again, looking at them like this has to be a joke because I just didn't. I tried everything for my health. And so I put it down. I picked up another one and I put it in of shifting this karmic or blueprint plan of chronic health issues for lessons and learning. And so I put that one in there and I did that to several others. And they said, you will have conscious memory of the first one, but not the rest of them. And they said, several things will happen in rapid succession to get you on your path when you go back. And then again, they were like, are you sure you want to go back? And I was like, yeah, I do. So with that, it was then at that moment that all of a sudden I heard the nurse say, Jeanette, are you awake? And so this is what I was going to jump to at first. But I heard the nurse say, Jeanette, are you awake? And within like this all happened in fractions of a second. She said those words. My grandmother was with me at the same time as I felt myself go back into my physical body. Like I just like thumped right into my physical body and I didn't even open my eyes. And I, like I said, I've had surgery before. So I, I know I'm usually very groggy. I'm the kind of person that takes a baby Tylenol and I'm out. Right. So I fling back into my body. My grandmother is right beside me. My eyes are still closed. And I say to the nurse in the clearest of voice, it was my higher self that came through. It said, I need you to write something down for me. As clear as day, I said this to her. And she said, okay, what do you need? I said, I need you to write down these four words 
fold up the paper and put it in my hand. And so she, she stopped what she was doing. And I actually, I framed it. It's right here. This is the paper from my surgery. And so these words wouldn't really make sense to other people. It said, great Baba, tree roots, time to entwine. And I went far. But what the thing was, was that my higher self knew that if I carried all of those memories after I had been given pain meds post-surgery and stuff like that, my sciency brain, although I'm a medium, I'm very analytical, would have doubted, would have questioned more. And so these were like these key words. So she gives me these, these, or this paper, I fold it up, I'm holding it here. And then she goes about her business doing whatever she had to do. They wheel me down to see my mom and through like one eye peeled open, I said to my mom, you have to hold this. Do not lose it. I need it. And then they gave me pain meds and whatever. And so it wasn't until the next day that I didn't have any medication in my system. And I went and I found this paper and I opened it and I read it. And as soon as I read it, the whole experience came flooding back to me. Like it just came flooding back to me. And I was staying with my parents at that point because my husband had the kids um, so I could rest. And I said to my parents, I'm like, I got to tell you guys what happened. And so, you know, I proceeded to tell them the whole story. And one of the deals that I made with spirit on the other side was if I was to come back, what they wanted from me was to share what I had learned there and to share what I know as a medium and to help share stories. The sharing of stories on our planet is what helps people grow. And it's not that my story is the only answer, but my story is one pathway to awareness. And so they said, I needed to share it. I needed to step up and I needed to speak. And so I made that deal. And that's why I created Avalon Spirit after in my podcast. And I wrote a book about it and all this stuff. Because the greatest thing I learned from seeing my blueprint there was the huge value and the huge focus we have on choice. We have choice in how we create our destiny. This is what I was completely shown is in the blueprint, we sit there before we come into this lifetime and we, with our counsel, design our blueprint based on what our soul wants to know, wants to learn, wants to gain experience of. And then when we come here as human beings, we also have then free will in the conscious choices we make to all the things that happen, right? So when we choose with free will to not learn a lesson based on our destiny, then it repeats itself over and over until we learn the lesson. And so that's why when I got to the other side and I got to see my blueprint with the remaining parts of my life from a soul level, not just the human me, but the higher soul me, I got to choose what would be the most pertinent experiences now moving forward. And so a big piece of my message is, first of all, we absolutely reunite with our family members and friends on the other side because my reunion was just so beautiful. Second, if there was ever any doubt that life carries on, that we just carry on, it is completely gone. I mean, I didn't really doubt it already anyways. I was a medium and I talked to spirits for over a decade before this. But to actually be there and to feel how I felt over there, I felt like me, but even better. I didn't feel like here's me and oh my gosh, me over there with my body. My body felt completely irrelevant. It, it wasn't even a thought or a concern. It was, I was entirely me on the other side and the other side was so real and so tangible 
and most importantly, so loving. The joy and the bliss are the closest words I can find to explain the feeling over there, the understandings over there, the harmony and the compassion was like joy and bliss, but not in excess. I think sometimes when we think of the words joy and bliss here on earth, we think it is kind of in excess, but it was in perfect balance. Harmony was the other side. And so I came back with just this appreciation for human life, but also a very clear understanding of how different human life is from soul life and how those perspectives are quite different. Um, because when I came back, I mean, yes, I'd had this experience, but it also then took some adjustment to adjust back into the way that human life is versus spirit life, because they're very different. But that just to me speaks to the value of human life being such an opportunity to learn and grow right through physical dense experiences. So that's my actual NDE in a nutshell. There was lots of things leading up to it. Um, but yeah, it was one of the best experiences of my life. And it's one that I just don't think I would tire talking about because every time I talk about it, I get to relive the energy of it and the, the beauty of it. And it just helped to really emphasize what matters. And what matters is what we do with our life here, how we choose to be in every moment, in every situation, and how precious human life is because of what we can gain in terms of soul wisdom in, in a life experience, which is why when they asked if I wanted to stay, I remember thinking, well, I have already invested so much into this lifetime. I don't want to start new. I definitely want to carry on from where I am. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Jeanette. Did you have your NDE due to some kind of complication during surgery or was it just a reaction to the anesthesia? It was just an opportunity to take an out. So it was basically an opportunity for my, my physical body to be so densely sedated that my spirit could fly out of there, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to be resuscitated uh, or anything like that. But what I was told when, they, when, they, when I was on the other side and they said if I wanted to stay, I was shown how it was simple, like it would have been a simple flick of a switch for my body to die. Um, my body had been weakened so much that it was basically ready for a heart attack. Mm. And so some of the things leading up to my NDE was um, like heart issues, heart palpitations. Like my heart was, it would have been just the easiest flick for them to have me have a heart attack in a somewhat routine surgery and them not to be able to revive me. Mm. And it was that easy. It's interesting that you say that because one of my guests told me before that you're giving the opportunity of different out points during your lifetime, whether you want to take them or stay. Would you feel like that it's true for you? Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely do. We have, sometimes we have a, a series within say, say a span of three months, somebody could have several potential exit points, right? Some only have one at the very end of their life, but most people have a couple different points in their life in which they could take an exit for sure. Now you've been doing astral traveling before this. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you describe the difference between astral traveling and this experience that you had? Yeah. So astral travel to me, um, and again, this is my version, right? My understanding. Astral travel to me is like super vivid dream state. 
you know, when we have our kind of normal dreams, but then we have those really vivid dreams that feel really real to us. That's how I compare astral travel. And when I astral travel, um, sometimes it's because spirit takes me somewhere. It takes my consciousness somewhere. Uh, I can go to different dimensions. I've even astral traveled to different places on earth. Um, one time my husband, we couldn't get a hold of him when he was on this hike. His GPS wasn't working and it had been five days at this point. And so I was able to astral project my consciousness to see where he was on his hike. So that's astral travel to me. It's like projecting your consciousness in the form of like watching a video or being somewhere in like a vivid dreamlike state. Okay. Even though it's in meditation, whereas being on the other side is like being feet on the ground, feeling the earth. Um, it feels as real as anything tangible in the 3D. And that's what's really different. Any kind of, um, anytime before I've ever been near the doorway to the other side, if I've helped walk a soul to the other side, helped a soul cross over in mediumship readings, I could never get closer than three steps in essence before this doorway. Anytime I would go closer, my soul would be propelled backwards because it wasn't my time to go in. But my experience being on the other side, which you can only really get there if it's at a potential exit point, was so 3D tangible. It is completely different. It is as visceral as, again, I just keep saying 3D. It's um, It's like as, as real as you being in your room right now mm-hmm. and what it feels like to be in your room, to touch, to smell, to hear. It's like that. Would you say it's the same or even more real? Well, I mean, it's the best comparison I can give is our 3D, but in that higher realm on the other side, it's more real. Like I said, with the grass, the grass, I'm walking upright on the grass and feeling it. But as soon as I want to just look down at the grass, I can, with my eyes, see the grass this close, right? Like it's like kind of, I guess, like we would see in some sci-fi movies when people have like super sight or super hearing or super senses, like that's all the norm on the other side. So it's, it's super tangible plus more. Everything is more amplified, but again, not in excess, just in fullness. When you met with your past relatives, were they like light beings or, or kind of like translucent or were they solid physical beings like us in 3D world? They were, I guess I would say they were like us in physical world, but more. So it's almost like they would be us, but brighter, right? With brighter light. Like if we backlit somebody, right? And you were talking to them, it would kind of be like that. But um, yeah, they were very real and tangible because everything felt real and tangible plus more everything radiated this light this this energetic light and love was radiated from everyone what about their ages that's a really great question so my grandmother when she passed she was much much older um late 80s early 90s actually but she came to me in the age around 60 something 68 69 right because that's my most memorable time with her um my grandfather for example he looked to be like he was about 35 yet at the same time he was still my grandfather so it's it's kind of this it's beyond visual it's more soul knowing 
So that's what's kind of hard to explain. There isn't quite the language on earth to explain that because it's both at the same time. I think you said that you met people that were there from other lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody that you talked to that you had completely forgot about? And then you said, oh, Sue, that was, oh yeah, I remember you now from when we were in ancient Rome or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, because here's the interesting thing is when I was there, everybody that I met, even though I wouldn't have known that in, in this lifetime, right? Like I wouldn't have recalled them from this lifetime. Um, as soon as I saw them, I knew exactly who they were. And it was like carrying on. It wasn't kind of like, oh, I forgot about that. Or, oh, who knew? It was, it was kind of like, well, of course. It would be the same as seeing my parents. When I see my parents walk in the door, I don't forget that they're my parents. I just know that they're my parents. So it's kind of like that on the other side. It was like all the lifetimes of people are still so ever present in our lives. They're not forgotten. We're not disconnected. We're completely connected always. And I also have to say, I was so surprised at the amount of people that showed up for me. And I don't mean that in kind of a negative, like, poor me, I'm so glad I I had people there. It was more like, I didn't realize, again, how interconnected we all are and how every time people cross, when people cross, there are people there to receive them, right? Like we, sometimes souls can't see it. So they're kind of stuck in a little bit of dark, but it's kind of about metaphorically looking up and seeing who's around and the amount of people that are there to receive them in many different ways is quite vast. Have you been doing mediumship since before this experience? Yeah, I was a medium before. I I mean, I can retrospectively look back to the age of five and remember feeling spirits. And then I started seeing them around my teens. And then I decided to really dive into it in my early 20s and learn everything I could. And then um, by about 28 is when I felt confident enough to start doing readings, right? And so um, I turned 40 this year. So the last decade and a bit, or at least a solid decade before my NDE, I was already a working medium regularly i mean thousands of readings i've done and i've seen a lot of different ways that souls have crossed they've explained their stories of how they cross like you name it i have heard a lot and so i figured i assumed i had a really good understanding of what it was like to actually be on the other side because of everything i'd seen right but it was still so much more and it was so even bigger and it was so vastly different in the sense of more and whole and beautiful than even what I'd seen in souls crossing over. It just propelled me to like you basically the saying I say is you couldn't tell me what happened didn't happen. There's no way I could doubt that point of death now after what I've seen. Mm. Right? Like we we I always knew we went on and then mediumship taught me and showed me we went on, but to experience the ease in which we do move on, like that, that transition is just right there. It's um, inspiring beyond words. And I wrote a book about it. You would think I would have the right words. I still struggle. And anytime I talk about it to try and find the right words to express the enormity of it, you know, and how we are here on this planet for a time to learn and grow and do a thing. And then we return home. And that's another thing I could say is the other side is ultimately home. It feels like home. It feels like the source of things. Like 
you know, that feeling when we come back from a trip and we get home and the smells in our home and all that is comforting. It's like that, but more on the other side. I think you called them your soul counsel mm-hmm. that was showing you your blueprint. Would you say that those are your guardian angels or those are people that are part of your soul family? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Most of my counsel, there are um, some interchangeable ones. So some that come in at different times and then there's some solid specific ones like my lifetime guide, some of my other guides from the higher realms. There's Pleiadians in there and there's Syrians. Like there's many different beings that make up my counsel. We all have a council as well of different spirits, depending on what it is we're doing on this planet. So uh, my council looks like all different kinds of things and people, um, some being ones that I've known before, some being new beings. Uh, My grandmother was there as such an honor. She's not necessarily part of my council per se, but to me, it was just an amazing gift that she came through to kind of be the one to usher me over there and then also usher me back. Like that was just a beautiful heartfelt thing. But yeah, my council was made up of many different, like the one to my left when I was reviewing my blueprint was like probably eight, nine feet tall, right? Like a big, big, huge being kind of a guardian of the gateways of going in and out. And when I astral travel and whatever, all that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool that you said that there are Pleiadians and Arcturians Do you feel like you were a Pleiadian or an Arcturian in a past life or possibly you're a starseed? I definitely think starseed, but I almost hesitate to label that because does it really matter? And I say this because, I mean, yes, it does matter. Some of our origins matter because it helps us know who we are. But we have been so many different things in different lifetimes. Like many people have been human, predominantly human in most of their lifetimes. Others have had, say, predominantly Pleiadian lifetimes. And then they're here on earth and humanity to them is really hard and foreign. I have had many different experiences in different ways, different beings. One of my lifetimes, I was a cedar tree. I mean, Hmm. that sounds crazy and that can go a whole different tangent, but the soul wishes to experience things in various levels, different perspectives, some being from the stars, some being different things on this planet. Um, I've had many, many human lives as well. Um, Syrian lives, like Sirius star system lives, um, Pleiadian. So there's, there's, it's unlimited really. So that's why I say like, we, we are all of those things. And at this moment right now, I'm having this human experience, which is what is most pertinent. Can you tell us what Pleiadians and Arcturians look like? Yeah, so Pleiadians, they are, um, now people see them sometimes in different ways. The way that I see my guides usually, they're about kind of seven feet tall-ish from the Pleiades star system. To me, they always have a bluish tinge to their skin tone. So sometimes it's lighter, like really, really faint, kind of pale. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit more blue, very long, slender, kind of Nordic looking. Sometimes I, when I first started seeing them, they really honestly reminded me of Uma Thurman. Uh, I think she's beautiful, but they kind of had that same face, face kind of shape. By no means am I saying Uma Thurman is Pleiadian. (laughs) Okay. It just kind of looked like that. So they're really quite tall. Uh, very kind, very, very 
gentle, but wise. I mean, they have already ascended. They're an ascended civilization, which is why they're helping humanity grow and ascend. The Arcturians can come in different forms as well. I have seen some that are, you know, about five, six feet in height, but there are a few that are kind of about six, seven feet in height. They also, to me, have a bit of a bluish energy, but they're more broad than the Pleiadians are longer and slender. Uh, both can look quite human like Arcturians look a little farther from human, but not, not like greys or anything like that. Um, and again, both of them are very beautiful energies that come through to really help us grow. The Pleiadians work a lot with higher energy, higher consciousness. The Arcturians are really kind of almost like the foot soldiers. They help to really implement shift and observe the realities in 3D world as a nutshell. Some of my NDE experiencers have gone to the water planet and seen like fish-like beings. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard. Um, I mean, there are so many different planets, dimensions, galaxies out there to think that we are the only inhabited planet in all the galaxies in space is a little bit narrow-minded if you ask me personally. So if we think of the complexity of organisms just on planet Earth is vast and we don't even know about it all, there is that times an unlimited number in the galaxy. So I have heard of many different types of planets with different beings. Um, there's some that look very much like Earth, but for example, may have a purple skyline versus a blue skyline. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, the water planets too, there's a deep connection, some people say, from that to the Atlantean Lemurian times on Earth, that some of those beings are connected to the myths and mythology of mermaids, water sprites, all that kind of stuff. So there's many places our souls can go in both astral travel, dream state, but also NDE. It's not just limited to Earth-like places. Do you have any new abilities after your experience that you didn't have prior? Yeah, so I have found I have found that information comes much faster, like much, much faster now since my experience. It's just so fast to get the insights. I've also really opened up my channeling, so like direct channel from spirit. Mediumship is basically when you're that intermediary, that that interpreter between. And channeling is when you just kind of let it move straight through you. Um, so I'd had that happen a couple times before my NDE, where a spirit would come in and say, can I just, can I just speak straight through you instead? And so you kind of just shift your consciousness a little bit to the side, and then they just move through you. Uh, not in like possession, my voice doesn't change, but the cadence of my speaking might change or something. But I found channeling really opened up. And then I also found that um, the veils between this world and other realms and dimensions are very, very thin since my NDE. So for me, seeing spirits is happening so often. I mean, at nighttime, when I go to bed and I close my eyes, if I don't sink lower into that sleep state, I just go straight into that astral and I'm all over the place. Has it affect your dreaming? No, actually, I found my dreaming has become even more clear. And I'm much more interactive in my dreams. So if my dreams are going a certain way, I was talking to my daughter about this just the other night. If say I'm being chased by a bear in my dream, 
I can easily be like, hold on, this is dream state. I'm not really up for being chased by a bear. Can we switch this? Mm -hmm. And so I can switch it. So I'm very conscious, even in my dream state now, I find. So I find that that NDE helped me create these stronger bridges of communication to different realms, different states of consciousness, um, but also grounding here on this planet. It also helped me really ground into the energy here on this planet. Previously, you said that you feel like you've been a medium since you were five. I feel like sometimes something has to happen in somebody's life to give them that ability. Do you recall or is it possible that something happened to you prior to that that kind of gave you that ability of mediumship? Yeah. So I think I had a natural ability coming into this life based on what I was supposed to do, right? To be able to bridge these uh, gaps between consciousness and mainstream, right? Like bringing that conversation into being. So that's part of it. But when I was about seven years old, from the age of seven years old to 13, I had, and I wrote about it too, actually in my book, but the short version is I would get sick once a year and I would have two fevers, two fever episodes in that illness. So within a span of a day or two apart, I would have two fever episodes. And what I learned after this in one of my channelings from spirit, um, prior to my NDE actually, was in these fevers, my body, spirit was heating up my body so that the particles would vibrate fast enough to bring in this higher consciousness to be stored in my cells so that at the proper time that I could sustain that frequency, that information would be awakened and would be given to me in the form of mediumship, connection with higher realms, all that kind of stuff. So I would have these fevers with these episodes where, I mean, I spent a week in the hospital in grade two because I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. It wasn't seizures. It wasn't any kind of episode. I had brain scans. I had the whole thing. The doctors had no idea. And the one thing they did say, which they had no reason for why, which Spirit explained later, they brought that message through the doctor was, they said, we don't know what it is. It's some something that happens in her fever and she'll outgrow it by the time she's 13. But they didn't know what it was. So they didn't know how that would be. But sure enough, at the age of 12 and a half, I believe, was when I had my last fever episode. And in those episodes, what would happen is my consciousness would be shrunken down from how it is right now in 3D, all the way down to the atomic level of my being. So I would move through realms, basically, or size or consciousness to the atomic level within myself. I'm talking like electrons and proton size. I would go that small. And that was pulling all that consciousness into my cells. Then from there, I would expand at such a rapid pace to the size of universal consciousness, which is when my body would just go completely rigid and I would start screaming. And so my parents would see this happening and be like, what is going on? And I would start screaming. I wasn't conscious. I was in another realm completely. And then I, I would come back. Crying is when I would come back into consciousness on either my mom's lap or my dad's lap. And um, they could never figure out what it was, but spirit said that they were coming in to bring in as much of this higher consciousness that I would access later once my physical body could hold a higher frequency, but it needed to be brought in during high frequency body um, energy, which happens during fever, right? Like you heat up particles, they're gonna move faster, right? That's how we change that structure. 
So that's why it would happen through the fevers. And so my very last one, I knew somehow it was the last one because at that point, when I expanded outward, I was able to shrink back down before normally I would expand outward and just come back to consciousness. I would shrink back down and then I knew that it was complete. How would a 12, 13 year old kid know any of that? We had no idea what was going on with me, even in mediumship until I was in my late teens, early twenties. Have you been given the gift of prophesizing? And if so, have you seen anything that has come true? Uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes that does happen. Um, the thing with premonitions or prophecies is number one, huge responsibility when you get those insights. So sometimes the knowings that you have are a huge burden. So that's a hard thing. Number two is there is so much variability in a prophecy or in a premonition, because basically the time in which you're given that information, you're given the highest probability snapshot based on all things involved. So if you're given a premonition of multiple people, you got to remember that each of those people has free will as well that can deviate that prophecy or premonition from coming to being at the time at any time. So yes, to answer your question, I have had those opportunities. Um, some of them are bang on to what spirit says, and some of them deviate depending. And then the other thing that's happened to me too, though, with that, which I'm still figuring out is since my NDE, I've had more access to different timelines and parallel timelines. So sometimes I will see a prophecy or a premonition that actually happens in a timeline beside this one that I'm in. And so I may think all those things are happening in this one, but it actually plays out in that one. Right. So many levels of hmm. complexity. Have you seen anything for 2022 that you can share with us? Um, for 2022, we are still, we're actually currently right now in the midst of merging three different timelines. They've showed it to me like a braid. So we take three timelines that are kind of overlapping each other right now, being braided in really tightly so that they become one timeline. We're merging three right now. So there's still variability in that. But what we're going to see this year is more action from Mother Earth, right? So we're going to have more temperature changes, earthquakes. And I know we do see that, but we're still going to notice a higher increase of Mother Earth activity for sure. We're also going to see more um, rebellion and revolution was their words because of the higher consciousness that a lot of people have stepped up into this higher consciousness, meaning they're going to take more action on it, which then also causes a reaction, right? So we're going to continue to see the polarization of oppositions or oppositional thought which will create that revolution and um rebellion but we're also going to get much more communication from spirit so more people are going to be noticing they have either more vivid dreams more clear spirit communication maybe they're actually seeing spirits um the spirit world wishes to come in to communicate with people more to help grow their ascension so we'll see that more as well um I mean, there's a lot of potential things floating around right now too, even with like Russia and the UK, but nothing that is like grounded yet. Nothing that's fully pulled down yet. How can others connect to their purpose and their guides without having direct access to the other side? I think one of the biggest things is becoming more intentional with 
your daily why, right? Like the more that we, first of all, get to know ourselves and start to really feel into who we are, like, who are you? Like, what are you about? What is your why? Why does it matter that you have this job? Or why does it matter that you do this? Once you start to know your why, you get to know your resonance, your personal frequency. And then when you know that, when you have a handle on that, anything that comes into your world from the world around you, you can apply that to your resonance and see if it aligns with you. And what that does basically is it helps you live in a tighter awareness of who you are and align your life as such, right? So when we're busy distracting ourselves from self with everything else outside of us, we're missing the point. So the best thing people can do is dive into self. That can be diving into what brings you joy and what is fun for you, because that is equally as important as the tough work of diving into triggers. Why are you triggered by this? What wound needs healing? What situation needs to be let go? All those kinds of things. And when we balance out those two, we can be in better alignment with self. And at that point, we become manifestors and intentionally living our soul purpose. So, I mean, people can do that through meditation. They can do that through spiritual work. But really, to simplify it, it's get to know who you are and why. And if you don't like something, how can you shift it? And how can you add more to who you are? All right. Do you feel like we're shifting into 5D? And if so, when do you think that we will fully shift? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I think what we have already now, the way I've been shown from my guides, is we have two platforms. We have a 5D platform and a 3D platform. 4D is kind of like this highway between 3D and 5D. So 4D is where there's a big mix of higher vibe energies, but also pesky lower vibe energies that really play on 3D world. So what we've noticed, instead of 3D and 5D being like this on top of each other, they're actually slightly removed. It's the best way I can explain it. And we're seeing a greater divide now between 3 and 5D, which... So I guess what I could say is we already have 5D on this planet. We already have a lot of people stepping up and living from a consciousness of 5D as much as we still have people in 3D. So living in 5D consciousness, we still live in a third dimensional world. But when we live in fifth dimensional consciousness, we recognize our connection to everything in 3D. And when we recognize that from a fifth dimensional consciousness, we know how we can shift and change, alter our perspective, our reality, our health, our bodies, all of that. So the more that people open up, the more people will jump from 3D onto this 5D platform, but they're already both here right now, but they're very divided. So in terms of when will we completely step into 5D, I don't think I would be able to even get a snapshot of that yet, because I do know that from 2020 to 2024, my council has been saying that we are going through a hundred years worth of growth in those four years. So if you think of how much growth we had throughout a hundred years on our planet, we are condensing that into four years right now. And we're right in the middle of it. And so I know for this year, we are moving forward in that we are seeing uh, a rebalancing of polarities be rebalancing. It's not balanced, but it's rebalancing. But how fast we get there depends on everyone's free will choice. Like every single human on this planet has a hand in how fast we grow and ascend right now. And so 
to give a date or a time is not possible because there's so much free will involved in it. But there is a push for a hundred years worth of consciousness and growth squeezed into these four years right now. So the more people become intentional with who they are, the more people that get to know who they are, clean it up, clear it up, and then come back to collaborate with others. That's how we shift even faster. Are you in regular contact with your guides? And if so, have they given any messages for the rest of us besides your own personal messages? Yeah. So I talk to them regularly. Um, They, let me just see, actually, let me see who's here. Just hold on one sec. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. Fair. The, um, it's the pleading council, which is with me. They've been with me since this year started last year. I had these three guides. They called themselves the three guides of the light. They were light consciousness. Um, they're still there, but the Pleiadians are really, really present this year. And they're saying that's because again, this communication with spirit, they want to communicate with people so that people feel held and supported first of all, but people also feel like they have resources to higher consciousness. So their message, what they're wanting to bring through is have a willingness to really open up to who you are, have a willingness. And they're showing me this like heart space, really opening like this. They said all the secrets to the universe happens through the heart space. We have to go through the heart first to access that consciousness. So they're saying, be willing to open up, be willing to try on a new idea or a new thought. You don't have to like it or agree with it, but if you're willing to try it on, it allows you to measure that soul frequency against your own. So they're saying if, the, if nothing else this year, have a willingness to expand your consciousness and explore it. All right. Well, you mentioned your book. What is the title of your book and where can we find it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have it right here. It's called Avalon to Aurora. And uh, you can find it on um, Amazon. You can find it on my website, avalonspirit.com too. And um, it does come with a journal also if people want that. But it uh, it's a book about my story. I talk about my fevers. I talk about my surgery, my NDE, the lead up. But it also has information in there about how spirit stuff works. There's kind of a rundown on how spirit stuff works. And then also questions that, my guides wanted me to bring through to ask people kind of as a review at every chapter, right? Like they're, they're lessons from the other side to help guide your life here. So all of that's kind of wrapped up into this kind of storytelling of my, my story. So. Yeah. All right. Well, you have the book, you do public speaking, you're a medium, you do channeling. Do you have anything else going on that you want us to know about? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I teach a, there's two things. So I teach a light worker mentorship circle. I have a level one and a level two, and that's really an opportunity to help people open up to their own psychic, uh, spiritual, intuitive gifts. So in those courses, we learn different things from setting up sacred space, how to tune in, how to create that communication network, how to connect with your guides, how to feel low vibe energies versus high vibe energies, all of that, the how to's. I basically say to people, it's like, I help you pack your metaphor, your metaphorical backpack for your spirit communication journey. Cause I've done it many times. And then once you know how to use all the things you choose what you want to keep, what you want to toss out, and then you go and you journey. So that's what light worker mentorship is all about. 
And then the other one that I do once a month is my cosmic consciousness circle. And I love that one. That is where we meet once a month and I bring through channeled information from the guides, whoever it is from my council of what's pertinent, right? So already this year, we've talked about the Merkaba and embodiment and how to embody um, with an explanation from the Pleiadians. You know, and this week or next week when we do cosmic consciousness again, we're going to be talking about the pineal gland and opening up that access point to visual consciousness through the explanations of the Pleiadians. We've had uh, the three gods of light come through, we've had Arcturians come through, we've talked about the Galactic Federation, we've talked about uh, the elements um, using water to merge and connect with frequencies. Like it's, it's so higher consciousness inspired is which is why it's one of my most favorite ones so if there's people that are looking for that higher consciousness content the cosmic consciousness circle is a great one for hmm. people all right they can find out about that on your website yeah it's all on avalonspirit.com if people want to contact you and chit chat or ask you questions are you open to that and if so how do they reach you yeah so one of the best places i mean people can find me on instagram uh jeanette Byro medium as well as on Facebook. But the best place on Facebook, though, is we have an Avalon Spirit Facebook group. So if they find that one, the Avalon Spirit Facebook group, everyone that's a part of my Avalon Spirit team is also on there. And it's a great place where we're communicating regularly. I'm on there every day posting something, um, answering questions so people can reach out there too. That's a great platform. And we'd love to have whoever is interested. All right. Well, before we finish up, Can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes. Okay. So they're telling me it's about perspective. So they're saying, we would love to leave you with this. You have so much choice in how you choose to live your reality. Your reality is entirely based on your perspective. The greatest gift we can give you right now is that you get to dictate that perspective by the thoughts you think every day. And that's something we hear often, but the reality of it is you can take the same situation and see it in a negative or positive. So when we recognize that power that we carry innately every day, we can change the reality and the perspective of the world we are currently living in in this very moment. Today can either be a day of positivity or forward movement or progress or negativity, victim thinking, whatever that may be. The power to change that is within us based on our choice. And when we do that, we then shift the frequency of our being, which then ripples out to those around us and helps inspire them energetically to shift their frequency. And that's how we help to change aspects in the world. So your perspective dictates your reality. And you get to choose what that is. Well, thank you for sharing that message, Jeanette. And thank you so much for being our guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you so much. This was great. I truly appreciate the time and to everyone watching. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's been an honor. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.